Yo, laughter is definitely cheaper than therapy. This podcast will be full of laughter. Scratch that. There definitely will be some tears. But I can assure you that this is a safe space of healing and expression, like an auditory hug. Welcome to the Therapy of Laughter podcast. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Therapy of Laughter podcast. I'm your host, Eileen, and we're back again with another episode. As you guys can see, I have another one of my friends here, Spence. I call him Spence. That's that's actually his last name, but Spence, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Stefan. Uh, everybody calls me Spence, the Spenzel. Um, known Eileen for like about well, five years now. Yeah. Met at university. Uh, it's my sister. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I am so excited for this episode. As you guys know, we're theming these episodes, these last two episodes, the comical events. So this one is themed the comical events of a black man. As you know, or he just said that I'm his sister. This is my brother. Okay. I guys, I would legit get emotional talking about how good Spence has been to me as a brother. He mm-hmm. like next to my father. <clears throat> He's like right there. Like, I'm so serious. Like, and this is not me over exaggerating. This man is such a good man. And I tell this to Osei, who was on last week. I told Osei, I'm like, I'm like, Osei, Spence has to get blessed 10,000 more times than he has ever done for us. Because like, bro, just a good upstanding man. Okay, guys. So we're in for a really, really, really good discussion for this week. Yeah, I know Spence for five years now. So, Spence, what are you studying? Like, what are you doing in school? Uh, I'm studying psychology. I'm, I'm concentrating in health psychology, hoping to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, slash psychiatrist. Still depending on what route I'm willing to take right now. But, like, PhD, becoming, getting my doctor is definitely in the running. So, uh, yeah. That's what I'm pursuing right now. Yeah, um, what did so- I tell you guys? I'm proud of my and I'm proud I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is perfect. And also, not mm. only do I say Spence is a really ups- good, upstanding black man, man, period, he is hilarious, guys. I know this is a lot of pressure, <laughs> but Spence is hilarious. You're also a father. You forgot to add that. Yeah. You I- are a father. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So I do have a, a 13 month old going on 30 years old. <laughs> he's a little, a little man that likes to act like he's grown. But uh, yeah, uh, we had him on Christmas of 2019. Yeah. And so this last Christmas, he turned one. Um, yeah. And father life has been nice. I've been loving every minute of it. Funny. It's a lot of ups and downs, but it's mostly like a lot of fun, a lot of like jokes. I guess to sit there and laugh at him every day and see how he emanates me and his yeah. mother and stuff like that, right? So that's lovely. It's an interesting. <laughs> okay, so yeah. not only are you a black man, but you're also raising a future black man. So at Therapy of Laughter podcast, we do we're starting to do something new, and it's called My Laugh of the Week. <laughs> Jamaican taking Jamaican's taking English words 
and like into a different context or whatever and kind of making yeah. it funny and like it was just like a scene where like um the, like Jamaican is like a cashier like mm-hmm. or like a service like a customer service person mm-hmm. and um the, the person comes up and orders something or whatever and then they say something that's kind of fire you know yeah super funny well yeah so fire is like this is like I don't even know if I can, no, no, you know? no. They have to look it up. They have to look it up. They have to look it up. Yeah, you guys gonna have to look it up for yourself if you want to know. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, so my laugh of the week has to do with drinking comedy too. So I'm glad you actually said that. So <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I love watching like comedy stuff and I love watching Jamaican themed comedy. So I watched this um channel called Janelle Comedy. And he asks his oh, trick yeah. questions. He asks his trick yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah, he asks his trick questions in Jamaica. So his latest episode yeah. this week, or I guess I think I see that. <laughs> two weeks ago. Is it the, the opening one where With the, the guy's like washing the car? <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo. So basically, the trick question is. <laughs> First off, pause. Drake people are just too too much. (laughs) So he's asking random people in Jamaica trick questions. So he asks this Jamaican guy that was at work, basically. He's washing cars. And he Mm -hmm. asks them, he says, "Um, what is something that no matter how much time, how much times you wash it, it still smells? (laughs) The man man without even blinking. Sorry. Immediately, dude. Immediately, the best thing. You bought the whole. <laughs> I said what? He said, and then, but that's not even the funniest part. The funniest part is the guy who's hosting. The guy who's like, who's like asking the question. He like pauses and like he's like looking around, like and like you know, like laughing or whatever, like not saying anything. And it's like. I don't know if the guy thought maybe he didn't hear him or whatever, but he wanted to reassert what he said, so he said it louder. He's like, you're about to work. He's like, you're about to work. And it's like, he's like, no matter how much time to wash it, it's still pink. <laughs> Yo, I'm going see that guy. Oh, oh man. I, <laughs> I like that. That took me off guard, like, Yo. and he was serious. That's the thing that makes me laugh. I feel like when you tell something, not yeah, what makes a joke more funny is when the person is actually serious. Either that's telling a joke or being real life serious. Like, mm-hmm. he literally <laughs> said, "Your body will, your body <laughs> will." Be dead serious. And, oh, <laughs> he didn't think it was a joke at all. <laughs> he said, that. <laughs> "Guys, the real answer is your nose. No matter how much times you." clean your nose wash your nose it still smells that was definitely my laugh of the week i have been hysterical over that sometimes i just go back and look at it and be like what i love his channel he's taking a break but he's come back with some new stuff i'm like oh this is this is amazing i love like my brother watches it a lot but um like i we love watching it because it gets like especially now with that we're not able to like easily 
go to Jamaica if we want to or whatever. Like it keeps us in touch with our culture and our people. Yeah. It's nice to like see the like the good part of them or whatever and like you know like not hearing negative things and stuff yes. like that you just see them and you can just laugh and be like yo I love being Jamaican like, yes you know? <laughs> yes and even like because I was literally talking because I had a segment of I'm not Jamaican my parent is which was supposed mm-hmm. to go up this month and I was talking about look watching Jamaican comedy to keep me up with my Jamaican culture and I'm like that mm-hmm. that hits the nail on the head what you said is like I literally mm-hmm. just watch it to keep up with the Patwa to see what's happening yeah. like okay I want to <laughs> know what the current thing is it keeps me in tune like mm-hmm. people think mm-hmm. it's a joke but like it's actually serious like to see like how people think or to even hear that like they actually catch on to certain TikToks that we do like Mm-hmm. it's good it, it is good I think if you're a Jamaican or if you're anybody of like a foreign descent watch the videos that come out of your country don't just watch yeah. CNN and think that that's the entire <laughs> country like watch the videos that come out of it because it's hilarious like I've watched Trinidadian mm-hmm. ones and they're just as funny <laughs> the, the, the Trinidad the ones are funny you can literally watch like just the basic news but just like the way that they're talking Hi! whatever is funny like and even like the way like like there's this one guy i can't remember what the name of the show oh, is, is he his, like interviews winford is, williams <laughs> yo 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 it, no pause most of the funniest videos out of jamaica come come out of a news interview yeah like what nobody can cross it yeah and 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 then what's the next one? The Rosie talk about the water. Rosie and her family were sleeping, waking up, <laughs> jump up and see many waters like Elsa. Many waters like Elsa. <laughs> Everything. I want uh, me and Brand Scout. Me and <laughs> me and Brand Furniture. Me and Brand Seti. I want my kumoni. Justice, justice, city. <laughs> Yo, if you're Jamaican, you should be laughing right now, boy. That. Hey, yo, she got big money off of that. You know, big money. For real? Yes. They paid, her? they paid her because she started to do interviews. She started to do radio viewings. Oh man, they had to pay up then. So, and that was. <laughs> It, it was definitely a city problem and like yo if you go to if you've been to jamaica then you know like that's like stuff like that it yes. happens like you know because like they'll pay somebody to do something and it's not done up to par like you know so even um because there's this one bridge in jamaica well lord yeah you even talk about jamaica but um <laughs> there's this one bridge in jamaica where it if it rains the bridge is gone do you know that bridge yeah flat bridge, I, flat bridge thank you mm-hmm. yeah that bridge mm-hmm. and i crossed that bridge and i tell you Hey, I don't even know how it's still around in 2021. It doesn't make any sense. I crossed it so many times where the water was like on it. And I'm like, yo, like, are you sure? Because it doesn't pick up any time. Because it's a rushing river. Yes. That it, that runs and it's kind of downhill in a way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nah, man. That, that, it's that, between two valleys. So it's like. And it's even the river. valley that you go on is not really mm-hmm. a road. It's yeah. <laughs> light, boy. Like, you're like right there. The water is rushing and you're like, your wheel is right there like it's too much too crazy. much okay so the comical events of a black man all right mm-hmm. um what did you think manhood would be like when you were a young boy like how did you think like you would be when you became a man like what was something that you're like ah like 
That's how I'll be. And you're you're daring. You're like, nah, it's not it. Man, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't really think about what it would be like. I mostly thought about what I wanted it to be like. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about, like, the reality of, like, how it would be. But I do know that, like, I definitely thought, you know, like, I was going to do the whole school thing and then, and then uh, get professional, date, get married, have kids. Didn't work out like that. It's okay. <laughs> definitely forgot, like, you know, like, switched around, like, the 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 timing of those of those events in my life yeah um and everything it kind of happened a lot earlier for me or whatever but like you know I'm taking it in strides and like definitely like God's will when he puts something on you or whatever he definitely puts he definitely makes sure that you have the strength to carry whatever that thing is right yeah so um yeah so like I think for me uh yeah like just having certain expectations of how my life was going to go or yeah. how I wanted it to go yeah. and like certain goals that I had in life and like you know sometimes they say that if you want God to laugh you tell him your your, your goals and what you want <laughs> yo I never yeah. heard that what <laughs> yeah because so, you know God always has God has a plan for us right so right when you're sitting there like yeah I want to do this I want to be a millionaire and God's like mm, no nah, I'm gonna make you get homeless so <laughs> no, that you for can, real. so that you can uplift my people you know what I mean for sure <laughs> No, for real, because, like, God usually shows you the end result and not how you get there. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Not for real. That that I feel like that's something that, like, everybody has, like, these expectations of life. And, like, you get there, like, yo, it's not really like that. Or me making big, big, big plan to move into an apartment, all this type of stuff. Not one time did I think about rent. I did not mm-hmm. think I would have to be paying somebody $1,000. A month for a little bedroom. Like, I did not think about that. I'm thinking about big, big purchases, Louis, you know, Gucci, all them things, but I didn't think about credit, you know? So, (laughs) credit, like bills, all that stuff just creeps up on you. Just like, wait, hold on. Like, like, I got to pay for this. Like, even though I paid for it, I still got to pay for it. What? With interest. Don't forget. With interest? (laughs) (laughs) I bought it. I bought it. A car, bought quote, Aaron, quote unquote, but I still have to pay for it every month with interest. So I'm gonna end up paying more than what the car is worth later on down the road. What? Plus insurance. <laughs> insurance that I probably never, that I probably might not use. Like what? Ever, ever. Wow. Then you get, then you get the local CAA or AAA on the side so if the car breaks down, you don't even use it. Ridiculousness. Okay, so I asked this um, question in the last uh, podcast to the girls, and I said, do you think all Black women are living the same lives? Now, I ask you this question. Do you think all Black men are living the same life? Um, I don't think we're living the same lives. Like, definitely different culture to culture and, like, um, like your environment, your, where, you, where you were born and raised and stuff like that. But there's definitely a lot of things that in, in the black culture yeah. that are very similar and like a lot of like similar experiences, especially pertaining to like dealing with other races. Yeah. And racism and um just like other life experiences or whatever. And it's like your culture. Like for instance, like you know, like something like something as simple as like seasoning mm. or whatever, like across <laughs> black culture, like that's very much the same. Like we yeah. like a lot of seasoning. Like of seasoning. you know, we we when we turn to how we cook things that we eat what we like or whatever like you know like 
like it's, it's very much the same it forever, is so. and if you yeah, don't like, do that then you're not of the norm <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I think there is like for instance obviously because I'm not a black man but I think that like the way the standard I know I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this but like the standard of a black man so like to be not toxic in masculinity but to be mm-hmm. strong to be a protector to mm-hmm. provide and stuff like that I think that um a lot of the same experiences that you guys experience in the world has like molded you to be that way that's why I said like earlier yeah. in the podcast of like you're like next to my father because there's so much mm-hmm. people so much things that you do that's literally like my dad like I don't know yeah. any black man that's not good at directions like every black man I know is good at directions if I tell yeah. Spence where I live once <laughs> <laughs> you will be there okay and like okay I could break it down to even like more Caribbean men like Caribbean men mm-hmm. every Caribbean man I know is a really good cook Spence mm-hmm. can really cook um, <laughs> most black Caribbean men I clean like I don't know I just feel mm-hmm. I want to say they live the same life but there's just a lot of the standard yeah. is is there <clears throat> that might be con- controversial but and, and we just were like even, what you're yeah. saying, like, sorry, not to cut you off. No, like, no, no. Go ahead. It's your show, man. <laughs> like that, that like whole um, thing with like our experiences kind of shape the life that we have or yeah. whatever, or like the the, the, the the personalities that we've grown into, just like you're yeah. saying, like, whatever, like things that are kind of like imposed onto us or whatever, like, you know, like that we have to be like the man of a house. We have to protect, we have to take care, we have to provide and all that kind of stuff. Like it makes us like, have the similar mentality and those who can handle it they get to that point but those that can't handle it they get to the same point so it's like there's like different categories you know what it's i mean so true. certain people fall into those categories and stuff like that so depending on the I, I, like that's how i can say like you know in some instances we do have a certain a, like a similar experience or yeah. whatever like whether it be like mental or actual like lived experiences but um that's kind of what makes it our life similar you know yeah I get that I get that <laughs> I get that because yeah because even so we could tie it back into like um like you always knowing where you are no matter yeah. where you are wouldn't you yeah. think that's like kind of like the fight or flight type of mentality with like the black mm-hmm. man because they're like quote like the unofficial quote is that the black men are the most unprotected men unprotected human in america i believe is in the world the most unprotected human in the world so what did you say like that's added to your like survival skills or fight or flight to like always know where you are always keep your head on the swivel always feel like you have to be on guard would you think that added to that level of like navigation definitely like i'm constantly if i'm out with uh my my son my my girlfriend stuff like that like when we're on a road or even I'm just by myself or whatever mm-hmm. like I'm constantly like if I'm driving and like I'm barely looking at the road like I mean obviously looking at the road but I'm yeah. always looking in my rear view mirror yeah. I'm always checking the side because like even like a simple traffic stop or whatever like you don't know what it's going to turn into yeah, it's true. so like things like that like I'm always paying attention to how I act how I make people feel mm. how people are perceiving me or whatever how I'm talking to them and stuff like that who I let get too close who I who I keep at distance and stuff like that right to make sure that I'm protected uh and my family's protected as well mm-hmm. and and definitely a lot of those things like because of like my experience as a black man mm-hmm. or seeing um 
other other black men's experience and knowing that that could be me right mm. so mm-hmm. definitely so, yeah. the knowing that it could be you for sure that just <clears throat> it clicks because you see somebody that looks right like you on the screen that was you know didn't have a a good of good experience but mm-hmm. we pray that will never happen in jesus name <laughs> so what's the funniest experience you've ever had um simply because you're a black man um definitely university like like you're just dealing with like hey yo i'm so glad you touched on that yes man I, like yo when i first got into university i was like this is my first time i grew up in an area where like like black people were a majority indian people were a majority or whatever so like we didn't like white people like i like i didn't have to deal with like a lot of white people and like see the way that they they treated me and stuff like that like it was only when i went to certain like professional spaces and i was like around white people or like my teachers were white and stuff like that that's the only time where i had to deal with them and talk and deal with racism and stuff like that right so when i came to university now in a new city where it's like in a predominantly white space and stuff like that it was like man like and you have to laugh at it you, you know to. like to stay to stay sane to like you know like some stuff you're just like it's not that big of a deal like you just gotta laugh at so it so what's something and that like, really stood out to you that we we're like bro I'll oh, never like, forget this <laughs> once to the, like going to like parties or stuff like that like you know like guys that just didn't know like white guys that didn't know me or whatever just coming up to me and being like hey bro and like you know like all of a sudden like starting to speak to me a certain way like Hi. yo what's up man like yo what's well, like, yo, you, like saying oh yo you're and like even guys that did know me but they didn't know me that well they're like they would be talking about me like yo this is my this is my boy spence he's so cool like you know like this is my this is my boy like you know like they're not saying like yo this is my black friend Yes. Like, you know, so yeah, he's cool or whatever, but they're saying like all of a sudden, like they're talking about me, like as like in a way that they would never talk about even their best friend, like, you know, <laughs> or like they would just like us, they would, like girls would come up to me and be like, oh, like what sport do you play? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, like I play football, but I'm not playing football right now mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, you know, like I didn't come like too to close <laughs> to play, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> what? Like, you know, I might play, but I didn't come to play. Right, yeah. so like, um, and they would be like, "Oh, okay," and I would be like, "Yeah, yeah, I actually came like on an academic scholarship," and they'd be like, "What? For real?" And it's like, I'm like, "Yo, the audacity of some of these people yes. to like re- literally actually show that they're shocked to me." <laughs> the audacity, like, no, for I'm real. Like, I quote like, it. If you're if you're shocked, I like you know like I can I like I don't understand, but I can I I know that where it's coming from, you know, yeah. like the way you're raised and whatnot. But at least. The way your race should also teach you that if, if you're if you're showing some sort of emotion that could be offensive or like you're saying something that could be offensive mm-hmm. or whatever, don't say it or like don't yeah. show it. Like you know, like if you're gonna go and talk about people or whatever, at least have the decency to say it like, you know, behind closed doors. But these people would be like, What? No. In front of me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you're what? Right. No, you have the right word. The audacity to think that I can't Mm -hmm. sit at the same table as you is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, no, I think, yeah, that tops it. And I think also, like, we kind of talked about it in the last podcast, but, like, Black people being treated as a novelty in university. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely saw this, and we always have this conversation with sense. Definitely saw, Mm -hmm. like, how white 
white men and white women would treat like black men in university. First off, mm-hmm. there there was a decent amount of black men in our university. Let's let's mm-hmm. be mindful. Even though we went to a predominantly white school, there yeah. was a decent amount. The way that they would treat them as if I don't know, a genie in a <laughs> bottle. Like if they rubbed them the right way, then all their wishes can come true. Like it I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't even get into too much explicit, but like Yeah, no. it's true. So <laughs> Yo, if you go I as a black student in a predominantly white school, you guys know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's just white mm-hmm. people just moving as though like they have to cross their T's and dot their I's with us. So that means yeah. like okay, I have to be extremely nice to him so he won't beat me up or I have to be extremely mm-hmm. nice to him so if he ever becomes successful and if he ever um, gets into the NFL, then maybe I can be his baby moms or maybe mm-hmm. um, maybe I can uh, uh, be alongside him, be his girlfriend. Maybe I can be there when Panda Game, our big rivalry football game, mm-hmm. maybe I can be there to take some rotted pictures. Nobody <laughs> on the football field. Maybe I can be there like, oh, babe, da, da, da. maybe I can be, oh, that's my boy. Like, it, it, I think that is a funny experience because it, it encompasses everything because you can't even get into the specifics because when drunk people, when white people get drunk, they mm-hmm. say some things that you just be like, yeah, what? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> and I think the funniest thing I ever seen was when they start speaking Patois as soon as they hear mm-hmm. that you're Jamaican. Like, yeah. Patois and the Patois mashup, like, Wagwan, like Wagwan, man. <laughs> hey, man. Did <laughs> I do it right this? <laughs> oh man, I went to Jamaica and for like yeah, just like Wagwan, you know, <laughs> give me a joint and stuff. Wow. <laughs> the ganja, the ganja, <laughs> the, the ganja, man, the ganja. You know the ganja. <laughs> Listen, yo, yo, universe is an experience, man. Okay, also, we talked about like in the last podcast, we talked about like people touching your hair. Obviously, we talked about cold switching, mm-hmm. but like people touching your hair or like haircut disasters. Like, how was it like going from being in Brampton, Toronto area to go to Ottawa? Well, it's still like predominant, it has black people there, but like, how was that transition for you, like culturally and stuff like that? Like, did you have some hair mess ups? Did people try to touch your yeah. hair? Did people comment on it? Like, what was it about? People were definitely commenting on it, like touching my hair. A lot of white girls touching my hair, saying, "Oh, so soft." I'm like, "Thank you." At <laughs> <laughs> times, are like, they would um, I'd have my hair braided. I used to have my hair braided a lot. Yes. And and like they would always like look at it and be like, "Whoa, how did they do that?" Or like, you know, like that's so cool. I wish I could. I wish my hair could do that and stuff like that. And I'd be like, mm, "Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> would you trade faces with me? No, no, but you, wouldn't. <laughs> but you would like. Everybody wants like to be my... black until it's time to be black. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a fact. I'm telling you. Um. But... Yeah. Go ahead. Nah, like that's pretty much like like that switching. But I think what for what made it uh, bearable for me was finding people like you, people like Jose, you know, my girlfriend, stuff like that. People who were not only black but also from where I was from, so they understood my culture like a lot, right? So it's like they understand Jamaican culture, they understand Toronto culture, and they understand yeah. black culture yeah. or whatever. Like that was a big deal, like you know, yeah. so like feeling like 
that was that kept a lot of us from going absolutely crazy because we're like, bro, <laughs> like you know, like this is odd, like outrageous, and it's like, mind you, some of like the the white people they couldn't even handle it themselves, like you know, they would drop out or whatever. But for a lot of them, um, like it was like this um environment is an environment that they grew up in, like their whole lives or like their parents were like professors or their parents went mm-hmm. to university so they got like a like a rundown of how it's going to be but like mm-hmm. my mom never went to university my dad never my dad barely even finished high school or whatever like so I had no idea like my brother went to university like all my brothers went to university before me but like some of them were in university at the time or whatever they were so busy they couldn't even really talk to me and like mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they didn't want to scare me either to like let me know Yo, <laughs> some of the shit that's waiting for you. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, like some of the stuff that's waiting for you over there. Like, yeah, man, you gotta make sure your boots are tied strapped. up, strapped, strapped. <laughs> strapped, because like there's so much things that you can't even describe to to a person that's mm-hmm. coming into university. You can't really uh, tell them. Like, you you can't. Yeah. I can't tell them how it feels to walk into a cafeteria and see none of the food that you want to eat or some of the none of the food that you feel is good comfort food for you you just bodied an exam you just got beat up by two professors marking your paper all which kind of way you can't even go get some chicken soup or you know fried dumpling to ease the pain you're over here eating cucumbers and balsamic vinegar like you cannot (laughs) can't put it into words that feeling like no the worst part about that is it's like even when you do go in and they say, "Oh, barbecue chicken," I like barbecue chicken. I like barbecue chicken. <laughs> and you go in and it's like this is yes. a different type of fowl. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not this is not barbecue chicken. So they could have at least gotten some Diana sauce and threw that on there. This is Walmart chicken. What? <clears throat> Not even, not even. No, the way that they disrespect that chicken, they just said, boom, barbecue sauce, no seasoning. Barbecue sauce, nothing. No cooking. No skin, no, like, bro, they boiled that chicken and put barbecue sauce on it and said, yo, this is barbecue chicken. This is good. To the point where one time they were giving us for like almost four weeks, hot dogs and hamburgers. Because people were complaining. (laughs) <laughs> not 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 hot dogs and hamburgers on a nice you know grill you know no, barbecue they're no. giving it to us boiled broiled, yeah. whatever yeah. the heck and then yeah. i remember one of our friends keys she actually filed a formal complaint <laughs> and they switched <laughs> it up but nah like you you can't you can't describe that you can't describe like there's just certain things like fending for yourself or finding your own black community or finding good friends. And just because, and I think we didn't even touch on it too much, but just because you're black doesn't necessarily mean you identify with that person's experiences. So like yep. even shifting out different type of black people that you're like, uh, am I really, you know, is mm-hmm. that really my crew? Is that really not my crew? And also dealing with people 100%. who wanted to forget their blackness when they came to school. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I thought mm-hmm. we were cool, but when we get in the classroom, <laughs> you trying to compete against me. You trying to act mm-hmm. like you the intellect like we all intellectual like I don't get it like we fighting for the same seat when there's many seats at the table so there's so many experiences that you really can't bottle up into one and tell tell them that's why I said 
I'm just sending my kids to school and let them go to school. And then their first semester, they come home and tell me how it is. Uh, I'll definitely be more of a support though. I think that's what we needed more support, but thank God we have each other. I just like, (laughs) yo, I'm glad you touched on that. Like not every black person that I met was truly black. Like, Down know, with the cause. The, okay. Yo, they were like black skin. They were coconuts still. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, yo. no. Every black experience is relevant, but no. Some people are really moving sick in there. Like, yeah. And, and like, that's why I said, like, when I, I had to find uh, people who were not just black, but like also from Toronto. So, like, I know that they have like certain experiences or whatever like you know they grew up like they with certain struggles at being a black person or whatever so they'll understand my struggle as being a black person or whatever and like you know like like a perfect example is like like a lot of um our school had a lot of africans that came from africa mm-hmm. so they're coming from a country mm-hmm. and these are not people like the tuition is like double for them mm-hmm. or triple sometimes yeah like 35 so these are not people that will a year, a year. <laughs> a year. <laughs> tuition only mind you tuition that, only that doesn't we're not talking about their nice Room car and, board. and their, their and their condo and yeah. everything that they own nah <laughs> like you know so these are these are these are like your top of the line africans you know and like so they're coming from a place where everybody is black around them so they're not really experiencing racism and they're coming from a place of like privilege and money wherever they right. come from or whatever so like not only do they don't experience no class system or whatever, like you don't, they don't experience racism and all that kind of stuff. So when they come over, well, they like, didn't experience it. They they see themselves as in that same position as the white person here, yeah, or whatever. Even if the white person doesn't see them there, mm-hmm. you know. So like when you're like talking with them and you're like talking, you might bring up something like racism, or whatever. They they don't understand where you're coming from. Or, or they don't. Like they're blind. They're blind to it. Yeah, or they didn't want to understand, and it's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, just I found that I think that was the culture shock for me because I grew up in a predominantly white area, not gonna lie. Grew up in a predominantly white area. I was, yeah. Um, so being around white people did not scare me, did not shift me at all. I think the big culture shock that happened was going getting around other black people who didn't who I'm trying to say this in the best <laughs> political way that I can, but they just, they just weren't, they just weren't down with the cause. I guess that's all I can say. Like they weren't down with the cause. Like I've, I've met a lot of rude black people that just weren't trying mm-hmm. to help each other out. And there wasn't a lot of us in there in the first place. Yeah. So I don't yeah. understand, like, why can't you be nice? Like, why can't you be courteous? Why can't you say hello? you know mm-hmm. <laughs> hello even that like we we're the only black people on this floor and you don't even want to say hello to me because you feel like you're above <laughs> above me are you crazy yeah. <laughs> don't even start because i know i pay tuition same way as you and yeah Ugh, yeah so i think that was the biggest culture shock for me like what not that that in itself just gets me irritated thinking about it because it's just like, bro, like you can't say, oh, I've never experienced racism before. It's something that I've never uh, had to encounter wherever I am. But now that you are here, get used to this reality. This is what's happening right now. And to be very honest with you, racism is trying really hard to survive. Like that, we've been trying to kill it for a long time and it's really still 
out and debout. So <laughs> you can't just say you can't. You're, I'm not gonna. I don't know what that is. You better know what that it's is. You better know what that is. Like, you, why do you think we don't even have our own names? Like, what? Yeah. Our parents tried our hard. My, my, nah. My mom didn't like do like no ethic name to like not get me a, to get me a job, but she was very intentional about how she named me. She's like, I want somebody mm-hmm. to look at her name and like, you know, be passing whatever that means. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. Okay, so we talked a lot about like where we're from and like the community. So growing up. And being in a predominantly black area or a multicultural area, how did you decide to go with the positive route um, of life compared to the negative route of life? Because for females, to be very honest with you, it's a lot easier for us to kind of decide which route we want to go. Like, you know, in the world is, is really run by men. So like if you are quote-unquote a hoe or if you don't do school it's like deemed as negative so you're kind of pushed by the world and pushed by society to do the school route to not be sexually liberated or whatever that means like you're you're you know but with men it's a different thing like you guys actually have to decide there has to come to a point where you're like where what do I do so how did you make that decision um I feel like the decision was made for me as a black man, sorry, I just wanted to add that part. <laughs> yeah, as a black man, like definitely it's tough. Like you know, like like, like no matter what you do, even if you cho- choose a positive route or a semi-positive route, that whole negative route is like the easier thing to do. So it's always looming over you. Yeah. So every time, like like I, for instance, like I could be in university and like you know like like I could have failed a class and I'm sitting there like man, like I could have been slang a rock. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> I could, like I was like, yo, I'm broke as hell. Like you know, yeah. like paid. You know, like everything that I got to pay for, I bought groceries and all that stuff. I'm struggling. Could have been a scammer. <laughs> and I hop on my phone and I'm looking at Snapchat and I'm looking at dudes in the hood and they popping off like 50 bands. Yeah. Brand new ice. You know, they're driving in a nice car and whatnot. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I, I was just on the block with that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. That looks nice. Very nice. That looks, nice. nice. <laughs> that, looks that right there, that looks nice. Very nice. That. <laughs> no, for real. And I work, I'm working for it, bro. Like, that's the thing. I'm well, doing legal for, things. <laughs> exactly. Bro. Like, for me, um, but like to get to that point where I was like, yo, I gotta go the positive route. Like it was, it was, it was definitely chosen for me because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, that that negative route was always looming over you. Like you know, like people are always like, yo, just come hang with the boys, come do this. Like mm-hmm. let's smoke a blunt, let's do this. Like you know, and so that was something that was like always on my mind. So in high school, I did go that negative route. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, like it, I ended up in a bad place. For most for most kids like when you're young or whatever like you don't get like like that those like negative like drawbacks of yeah. like being in that lifestyle or yeah. whatever because you're young you get a slap on the wrist yeah he's really like bothering you you don't have no crazy beef stuff like that but i was getting all that stuff as a young <clears throat> as a young man mm-hmm. or whatever so, like you know i remember sitting in in like a 
a jail cell mm-hmm. and be like, oh, this isn't the life for me. Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like no, it'll be like this, like, you know, yeah. and luck, luck, like lucky enough, like everything was kind of like cleared for me. Like, you know, so it's like, it wasn't hard for me to make that transition. Like once I decided like, yo, this isn't for me. And I'm lucky that I got to know that it wasn't for me then. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, to like, then later on down the road where I'm like sitting in jail for a long period of time and I yeah. have to go there or like, you know, somebody come and shoot me or something yeah. like that. Right. So it's like, you know, um, when I decided to make that transition, like it was easy for me to, the road was clear. Mm-hmm. I didn't have things that were like looming in the back of my head. Like, yo, like, like this, this like stuff that I did back then is coming to haunt me yeah. or whatever. Or like, you know, like I was able to like be like, yo, this is what I want to stay focused. So when I see things like, like, you know, like I'm struggling in school and I go on my phone and I look mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, could have made that decision. A lot of fun or whatever. Right. I'm like, you know what? But I may definitely made the right decision because I know that there's other dudes that, that I know that were living that same life with the dude that I'm watching on Snapchat and I'm not watching him on Snapchat because he's in jail or he's dead mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, I'm good. <laughs> life, <laughs> long life shall I live. Come on now. Um, no, like it. I just, I think we don't give black men enough space to talk about the challenges of that, the fork in the road in a way, because Loki, you did pick one fork and then you're like, nah, this is actually not, let me, you turn out of here. So like, we don't give enough spaces to that because a lot of times we do see black joy and we see, we see black men striving and stuff like that, but there's so much things behind the, behind everything Mm -hmm. that makes you who you are. So like the expense that I was experiencing in university was a joyful expense, a happy expense, a protecting expense. Mm -hmm. While Mm -hmm. as he had to make a decision so much earlier to make him experience and enjoy the comical events of his life. And I think that we actually need to like touch on that more in a society of like, yo, the heart, the hard points, the hard parts of life that may make me, enjoy mm-hmm. the good parts so we already talked about this earlier but like creating black community and white spaces like mm-hmm. how else did were you more effective doing that like was there a system that you came into place i prayed before i came i was like yo god send me some good people <laughs> like what was your system like how did you test people like yeah that's that's it or that's that's not it like um i feel like i was definitely the opening to like creating relationships everywhere yes you know, like, yes yes like with everybody or whatever to kind of like you know long-term feel like so i had man like <gasps> i knew a lot of people yes he did <laughs> <laughs> man like i couldn't hang out with like nobody with like out seeing like other people and like you know what? spence was the mayor he was the mayor no, town mayor no, that like, man what <laughs> he said at three like, different tables in the cap <laughs> yo, yo like I, man like it was it was crazy but like I'm glad because you know I got like to hang with you know like uh, like a lot of different black people a lot of different white people mm-hmm. Arabs Somalis yeah. everybody you know so it's like man like it, it, I got that experience where I could take a little bit from here take a little bit from there mm-hmm. take a little bit from here and mm-hmm. leave a little bit in those spaces as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. you know to so feel like I'm kind of like spreading that that joy spreading that love yeah or whatever, and teaching people like you know stuff about me and my culture and whatnot yeah. or whatever so like it it was hard to kind of some people I didn't realize like you're like you're asking I didn't realize um who who needed to be there and who didn't yeah but, like a lot of people I did realize early on some people I didn't yeah and 
I took definitely took some hurt for that. Yeah. Or whatever. But you know, it's definitely a part of the process. And I like mm-hmm. to say I like to think that everything that I go through mm-hmm. is negative mm-hmm. and whatever. Like I can teach now that I have a son, mm-hmm. I can teach him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because for like my parents or whatever, our parents they didn't for most uh, like Caribbeans or like people that whose parents mm-hmm. didn't grow up here, they don't understand. Like, you know, like, so, like, if I, if my mom can't tell me what my Canadian experience is going to be like, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I can tell my son what his Canadian experience mm-hmm. is going to be like, or like a good, close enough, because yeah. obviously, like, generations change and stuff like Culture that. Changes, but, like, yeah. I can tell her, I can, I can keep up to the time and, like, understand what his generation might be going yeah. through and stuff like that. So I can understand certain things and I can teach him, you know, this is what you want to do, this is what you don't want to do or whatever and at the same time it's still up to him to make those mistakes yeah and those decisions like you know like if he wants it and i'm hoping that it's good sometimes for him not to listen to me or whatever and like to like to just feel it out and stuff like that because like you know like that that happened to me like there was some stuff that i was warned about i didn't listen and like you know i had to go through Mm -hmm. it to understand the importance of not going through it (laughs) you know (laughs) and I love how you touched on like expanding your demographic of friends because what it what I have taken from what you're saying is that any space that you occupy is a black space Mm -hmm. so you've kind of created your own space because you're a black Mm -hmm. man so you've made your spaces comfortable regardless of color and I think that's Mm -hmm. that's very essential because a lot of times like coming from a predominantly black area you could easily be like nah you know I'm gonna stick to the people that look like me you know (laughs) but um the networking skills is so 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 essential and I think that that's kind of but that's a part of your personality because I can't be like ah like uh, you know that's a black thing to do nah like Spence this is this is how Spence is like if you need something you need to know somebody that's how he is so I definitely know like your personality has helped you have that understanding because for instance, like Yaz, Yaz was not trying to come in there and meet other people because she grew up in a predominantly white area. So she's like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get some black friends, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to get down with the cause. Like for me, I don't think it was like in my mind to get black friends, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely came in there and wanted to be friends with everybody for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just interesting to hear like how because we're friends, we know each other for five years, but like how you went in there, just like, okay, I want to leave a little bit of me here. And I, I love that. I really yeah. do love that. Uh, like mm-hmm. opening people to your culture and like changing the stereotype and the statistic of like how they Definitely. would think about me. I, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I had a lot of tough, con- a lot of crazy, like deep conversations with a lot of people like white and other colors, you know, just like about like the black experience and mm-hmm. stuff like that every day. Like, you know, i got a lot of friends who are like on, all different parts of the spectrum yeah or whatever in terms of uh racism or ignorance and stuff like that and like i don't shun them away because if i shun away then i lose that that yeah you know i that I, opportunity I that opportunity yeah. that, that's the word i'm looking for to, to let them know like you know mm-hmm. this, this is how this is how it be yeah like you know then, like this this is the education like this is, <laughs> this is really what it is yeah like, this you know, is what it's happening what yeah. Out on. yeah you know what i mean so yeah so i i had i felt like it was important because i i understood from a very early um point that a lot of people were ignorant to my culture and were ignorant to my experience and like the the negative roles that they play in that in that space so 
Yeah. I felt like it was, I had to, I had a duty, you know? <laughs> I had a duty. You had to, you had to fight the cause. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or fight for the cause. So yeah. finding your place in this world, what does that look like to you as a black man? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you envision yourself impacting the world as a black man? Yeah. I mean, a black man is not your only, that's not the limit to who you are, but specifically mm-hmm. for black history month, just like how, how are you going to mobilize your impact or how do you find your place in this like ever changing world? Um, I guess it's like presence and presence, like through many different things, like you can be somewhere or not like physically be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like I said, like developing those relationships or whatever to like leave a piece of me with them mm-hmm. or whatever. So that like, you know, the next time, hopefully like you know the next time one of their friends is seeing something out of line crazy about black people or about any other culture or whatever that's like ignorant that they can check them right i mean it's like the way that i'm going to raise my kids or whatever to be like that Mm -hmm. to be that person that speaks out leave their mark on the world and whatnot and like me being able to leave my mark on the world but i gotta get to a uh, a specific place in life like i'm doing things along the way but i feel like i gotta get to a specific place in life that, that have that voice you know, that I can reach a lot of people, and, um, yeah, like, so, as a, like, like you said, like, you know, black, me, me being a black man is not everything in what I am, but it is the biggest thing for me, like, you know, like, it's, like, in terms of my experience, like, you know, like, as a human, or whatever, like, that's the thing that, like, really looms on me, like, every day, like, anywhere that I go, or whatever, that's the first thing that people notice, and I'm a big guy, (laughs) big black guy coming in or whatever like you know so um yeah just that that experience or whatever like it I definitely feel like there's there's a need or whatever and like you know I know a lot of other black men feel it or whatever and like it's up to them whether or not they want to act on it or like you know they just want to play play it safe or whatever because putting yourself out there to be somebody who's trying to make a change is very tiring Yo, it is hard, you know? So I can understand why some people are like, yo, I just want to focus on my life, my happiness, and like my little circle or whatever, and that's it or whatever. But for me, like, I don't know if that, if I could be happy knowing that I didn't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't put myself out there to make that change. Um, Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of programs that I got to start, a lot of Mm -hmm. things that I got to be a part of, like a lot of mentoring that I got to do. Because I had some, like, some great mentors, Mm -hmm. people who, I consider mentors even though like that's not the actual role that they played for me like they just mm-hmm. kind of like taught me things mm-hmm. or whatever and that's why one of the reasons why I want to become get into psychology mm-hmm. to teach people things and you know to really study how people think and uh how I can impact it in the greatest way in, with that knowledge you know yeah. what I mean so Okay, lesson. I told you guys I'm very proud of him. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. And you know what? Even those who don't feel as though they can impact on a communal scale, even you impacting your small spaces still yeah. adds to the change and to the growth of society and getting on and becoming a society or changing a society or forming into a society that has more equity and equality for everyone. Sometimes you don't need equality, you need equity. Sometimes you don't need equity, you need equality. So um, I think that's so necessary for you to even like give back because it's kind of like reciprocity. Like, okay, I was given this, so I'm just going to give it back. And 
I'm pretty sure tons and tons of thousands of people will be so appreciative of all those initiatives and all those programs. So that kind of segues us into the end of our podcast. So is there anything that you want everybody to look out for programs, initiatives? Do you have anything that you want us to look out for? Um, how can we stay in contact? Um, you can shout your girlfriend, my beautiful friend, Nikki. Um, is there any initiatives that she's in that we should look out for? Anything? Um, I guess I could just probably use it. Like right now, I'm not involved in any initiatives because mm-hmm. I am full-time in school. Nikki full-time in school and we're both full-time dadding and momming. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And like, there's a lot of like short-term goals that I'm trying to reach and like long-term goals that I'm trying to reach. So right now I'm really kind of focusing on that and getting to a certain point in my life, like I was saying earlier, but yes. um, I could definitely use this time to plug. Yeah. So my girlfriend is currently, she just became a part of this, of this uh, initiative called Colors of Mama. And it's pretty much about colored mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and their experience of uh, being colored mothers mm-hmm. and um, she's taking an interim uh, presidential position there mm-hmm. so definitely check them out they're called colors of mama on instagram como mm-hmm. and um, so give them definitely check them out uh, go and read selena's new book it's called <laughs> 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 Shall talk to people now. No, it's okay. It's okay. And then also, can people contact you if they want to get in contact? Like, are, am oh, I able? To, am I able to give out your email? Because I yes, definitely yes. know there's going to be some people who want to reach out to you and stuff yes, like that. I'm so. definitely open to having any kind of conversation, literally about anything. Um, oh, I'm also into crypto. So, um, okay. <laughs> anybody, okay. anybody is into getting into crypto. Crypto, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, stuff like that. Uh, it's booming right now. Definitely some a lot of like easy passive money that you can make on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently with a group called Crypto Lab. Mm-hmm. You can follow them on Instagram, Crypto Lab, mm-hmm. uh, or or their website is CryptoLabTeachable.com, I believe. Um, so you could definitely look them up. Um, I think they're forty-five dollars a month to be in the private members group. Uh, definitely some good money in there okay. they can teach you how to invest and stuff like that but um yeah my email is the I can put it in the dis- oh okay i can put it in the yeah. description i'll put it in okay, the description, yeah, the description. So, <laughs> so those who are listening you guys can go ahead and look on your screens and they'll be right there and those who are watching y'all can click the down bar and see it um yeah so that's it for the podcast. Do you have any last words? We already said like how we can find you, but is there anything else you want to leave the therapy of laughter podcast with? Also, this is not going to be your last time on here. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything you want to leave with them with for now? Um, just like Eileen has been telling y'all like laughter is very cheap therapy and it is amazing. Like uh, I can't tell stress that enough. Like stress is a big killer <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally it is mm-hmm. a killer it's a killer of your progress it's a killer of your mood it's a killer of your 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 your, your goals it's a killer of like you know of mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you know physically mentally For emotionally real. anything like that so anytime that you can take a break you know watch a, some comedy bust a laugh call up your mom and remember that funny moment when you were six years old and some crazy yeah. stuff happened <laughs> whatever yeah. you take it up and 
much, man. Like laughter for me, like it's it's a big, 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 big deal. Yes. <laughs> you know, comedy for me is a big deal. I love to make people laugh. And I love laughing. Like, oh man, like I actually like love. <laughs> it's to laugh. essential. Like, it's essential. Yo. <clears throat> and it's definitely something that's got me through yeah. many things. Like, man, like there's times where I've been in some crazy, crazy moments and I was like literally bursted out laughing. Yeah. You just have to. You have like, nothing you know? else to do but laugh. Like <laughs> Yeah, you just have to. And you know, like it definitely makes that load a lot less heavy. Yeah, definitely laughing in the face of adversity can change how you think about that situation, which can, an event, or in the end, change that situation in itself. And like I always say, therapy ain't cheap. It isn't. I've spent $1,500 on it last year. I'm going to get my (laughs) refund just now. (laughs) Um, It worked, but I'm going to file for insurance to get my local reimbursement because Canada (laughs) needs to make sure that they pay for those things. Anyways, (laughs) but therapy ain't. (laughs) No, they need to. And listen, guys. If you are, if you go to school, if you're in school, if you're working, if you're a full-time worker, you know, mm-hmm. make sure that you get your therapy covered. Mm-hmm. If you guys need more questions about that, definitely email me or DM me. I can, I can help you with that file for reimbursement of it, because that is yeah. a part of healthcare. Your mind is a mm-hmm. part of your body and that's a part of mm-hmm. your healthcare. So yeah, therapy ain't cheap, but laughing sure is. Okay, guys. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. This has been great. And like I said, this will not be the last time you hear or see my brother Spence. Okay, guys. See y'all next week. (laughs) 